Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Celebrate and save at Ashley's Anniversary Sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Yes, the offseason has a lot to look forward to, including Sal, Buddy, including it is mock schedule season as well. <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. I an knew ac- you were going to say that. An yes, account, tell me quick if you guys have seen this, and I'll stop. An account on Twitter, mm-hmm. at Nerding on NFL, has made a mock primetime schedule for the entire league, entire season. And how do you feel? The Bills get three primetime games at the Chargers week two on a Sunday night, home to Dallas and week three on a Monday night at the Chiefs Sunday night week 11. They'll get the Jaguars here on Christmas. There'll be three games on Christmas, which is a Monday, and they'll be in London to play the Raiders week six. Three night games, Sal, in this mock schedule. If they can have mock drafts, why can't we have mock schedules? Uh, How did the Bills do here? Of course. Uh, I actually do. I follow that uh, that account. Started following that account a couple of years ago. We've interacted before because of the schedule and my interview with Mike North. So I saw it today, and the first thing that I looked for and I saw was no Thursday night games. Then I realized, yes. oh wait, it's got Thanksgiving, Bills and Dolphins, which is just like last year. No Thursday nights, but a Thanksgiving. And I'm like, okay, well, I guess you have that. Um, and then I saw Bills at home on Christmas to the Jags. Yes. Now, I have to ask, and I don't know this. Uh, let me look at the calendar here. It's a Monday. This year was a bit different because Christmas was on a Sunday. Are, are they doing three Christmas Day games again? I, I don't know if that's the case. I, I think so. I'm guessing yes by this by this mock nerding on NFL account. I'm guessing yes. Okay. I think he did okay overall. Um, <laughs> Buffalo with five primetime games along with a lot of other teams. But the only thing I don't like is how many teams have five primetime games. I love that you analyzed this. Bulldog, how, how are you holding up listening to this? I have am, you left? But, but how did we get from three to five? Like, well, it, I, I guess I didn't see Thanksgiving. Okay. So that would have that would be the night game. Some game that isn't Detroit and Dallas will be Thanksgiving night, like usual. Okay. And then, and then Christmas. If, if yeah. Chris, Christmas may or may not be. There'll be one, I right, think, there'll right, be a Christmas night if game. If they do it like they did last year, yeah. And then and, 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 and even if, if not, it's not a prime time, but it's a standalone. Uh, if you're on Christmas Day, right, so. right, right, right. It's close, but yeah. Well, and oops. I saw I did look for the you know, home portion of this, and I did notice one only one 
night game other than unless Christmas would be because the the Sunday game, Sunday night game he had the Bills in. I'm ass- he or she, whoever did it, would be Bills at Chargers and then the but the they had a Monday night Cowboys at Bills which yes. would be back yes. to uh one we remember many years ago. I'm just hoping that tomorrow there'll be a whole different one. That this person will just bother to do a whole other one tomorrow. We can talk about it <laughs> yeah, like, again. Like 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 mock drafts, yeah. <laughs> Every day just <laughs> or crazy. it could be this, you know? I don't I don't think the Bills get Philadelphia opening night though. Do you guys? No, I don't. You mean Kansas City? You mean? Well, I meant the Bills, but Kansas City goes there, Dallas, NFC East of course. Um, I don't know. I, I can we we can change the subject, but no. I, what I mean is, I'm asking. I'm sorry. Did you mean because Kansas City is oh, the one opening? You said yeah, right. Philadelphia. Yeah, that's right. I was thinking for some reason in this particular area. I was thinking all day that Philadelphia won the game. Right. Uh, no, Kansas City. Right. right. Well, they could. They'd have a they, better chance of getting that, I think, than if it were I, Philadelphia. I agree because Dallas and the Giants, to me, just out of the box, taking nothing into account about the off season and the build of the teams and and what they're expected to do. I just feel like Dallas and the Giants would outrank the Bills just because of you know, being who they are. Um, so I never liked them to go to Philly if Philly had won. I think their chances of being in the game are better, but the Bengals also go there, as do the Eagles, right? So all, all three of those teams, the Bills, Bengals, and Eagles, all go to KC. So the, the league's got Oh, do the Eagles, too? There. Do the yeah. Eagles, too? Uh, yes. The, this mock schedule has Bengals-Chiefs as the opener, <laughs> as the opener next year. I, I would tell you, of course the Bills are they're going to be in the mix. And I, I think back to Mike North and my conversation last year. The Cowboys had opened it the year before at Tampa, and he would not rule them out to do two years in a row. But it just never felt like the league was really going to do that two years in a row. They did put him on night game two years in a row, and again against Tampa. So I just don't think they're going to put the Bills two years in a row in that spot. Like That's mm-hmm. just the way I'm thinking, especially with all of the other you know possibilities for the Kansas City Chiefs. And you called it. I mean, we could have been thinking, I, I could see a lot of teams, Chargers, Broncos, you know, I mean, um, you said Cincy Philly could be a rematch. So all of that is on the table, I think. It just would surprise me that put, they would put the Bills two years in a row as the road team in that spot. Philadelphia at Kansas City is the extra game next year. Two first-place mm-hmm. teams. Right. As and, and the Bills' example of that is Tampa at Buffalo. Also two first-place teams. All right, so um, should... Sal, Philadelphia have won the game. I know, I, I remember now that they didn't. Should the Eagles have won? <laughs> no, I don't see any reason to say they should have won. I think they should have had a better opportunity to try to tie it or win it at the end because of the, the, the call. Um, but, you know, I, I think there were plenty of times in the game where the Eagles made great plays and it was a great game. And the Chiefs made great plays and the Eagles couldn't get a pass rush. They didn't have any sacks. And the Chiefs came out with a great game plan in the second half. I think they did a great job to protect Mahomes and his ankle. Started off running, got very creative. They were chewing up yards. And then Mahomes obviously took off a little bit and it was looking a lot better. Um, But I don't think the Eagles should have won the game in that respect. Um, They did blow a lead, a 10-point halftime lead. From that respect, I think if you're in Philly today and if you're on WIP today doing this show, you're probably thinking, hey, they should have won the game. They blew it. They didn't hold on to the lead. But that's hard to do against the the Kansas City Chiefs and Andy Reid and all that firepower as well. Yeah, really impressed. I mean, Sal, we talked about it already in the the first hour of our show today. 
the like the sort of master class by Reed and Bienemy. Th- those two goal line touchdowns, the wide open uh, touchdown passes, just the some of my favorite content I've seen about the NFL all year came today. Dan Orlovsky for one, like the breakdowns of how the Chiefs sort of. I don't know if baited the Eagles is exactly right, but like they, they had an inkling how Philly would react if they ran those plays. They sort of tested it and then ran them, and, I mean, the results speak for themselves. You know what's funny is the way you phrase that, the way you say it, I think you're in a very big majority of most people who look at it that way. I, I think that I look at it the other way and say, that's terrible coverage. How can you let that happen? Like I'm not I I don't give as much credit to the design. It was a it was they're great designs. I just think you got to be better on defense. How do you how do you let that happen? Those are to me, and I have to go back and watch Dan. Like they seem to me to be more simple concepts to know when to pass off, when not to, and what you're doing. Like I, I think that's a professional football team who was had professional coaches getting the Super Bowl, and you let that happen. It did not seem like you should let that happen. So I'm actually, I've actually been thinking it the other way. Like, I can't believe how easy they made that for the Kansas City Chiefs. I, I guess, sorry for this, everyone, but I guess I agree with both of you. Like, I, I can see criticizing them, but everybody has a little glitch. Everybody can be mm-hmm. sort of, and it's really not even just, but to me, it's a mistake, but it's more just, it's the tendency that Kansas City, they planted a flag. Like, this we think will happen. If it yeah. If they're wrong, it's not the end of the world. Like, Tony or more could still beat their man and but it's third down, right? Like they they just they nailed it. They nailed it. They predicted what Philadelphia would do defensively and with the game on the line and then the second time the second time is more come on, but the the second the formation was different. Other side of the field, different guy. Mm-hmm. Like just you know, I, I agree with both of you. It's it's brilliant. Yeah. But it's also like if you're Philadelphia, you're like I, I wonder what what have they said or what would they say about it? Like, well, how how much are you to blame for what happened in those spots? Would Sirianni have said something like, I mean, everybody's got one of these, or everybody's got something that they're used to, that they study and study and are prepared for, and then the different thing happens. I mean, that's that's the chess game that we love. You're right, and that's what I love about football a lot of times is, you know, there's there's a way that you, if you study and prepare hard enough and well enough, you're going to notice those things. And they did a great job. I don't want to take away from that fact. Of course, that's right, that they saw it, they planned it, they knew when they were in this situation, they were going to run something like this. And they waited until the perfect situation to do it. There's no doubt about it. I think if I'm an Eagles fan today, I'm pretty upset at my defense for allowing it to happen. But of course, so it is. You're probably right. It's half and half. And I think about back to like, you know, that Miami game against the Bills when they came here, not in the playoffs, but in the regular season, and how Miami was just pounding on the Bills in the run game, and they had this great design where they saw something and how every time there was motion, the Bills, you know, Matt Milano would come out of the box and Taron Johnson would go in. And we remember talking with Eric Wood about how, like, they studied that and said, oh, that's great, that's a great matchup, let's do this to get a size advantage in the box. And, you know, the Bills didn't really adjust, and maybe they felt, okay, we'll let you run on us, we don't know what they were thinking, but I love it. I love how that is right in football, and you got to have great players, but those are the little things that kind of can separate, you know, teams, and especially in big games like that in critical, in critical situations. There have to be so many more that yeah. we'll never know about, that will, like, mm-hmm. you know... Does Sean McDermott have 20 examples in his head at all, like that he can remember of times when, or any coach, 
We were ready with this one thing. We just needed the situation. Like the Chiefs didn't have to get to third and goal from the five mm-hmm. twice. Like they didn't have they didn't have to get into that spot. But but they did. And even if you win the game, you might have had, oh, I wish I could have just done this one thing, but we needed this situation, this formation, you know, we just needed quarterbacks too. It just if this guy were some other thing on this one play, we had it. I guess you'd probably drive yourself crazy because there would always be these in football, but a coach isn't necessarily going to want to reveal it because he might want it next year. <laughs> he might mm-hmm. might want it in five years. You know, McDermott doesn't like to explain anything out of games because competitive, you know, disadvantage perhaps. I might need this in the future, and if I tell you what happened, then I'm giving that away. Too bad, you know, because it's so interesting when you find out. I, I remember a few years ago the Bills ran a fake punt. I think it was against the Jets. Logan Thomas, I think, threw it. And I remember after the game, there was something about the fact that like the Bills have been setting that up for weeks by using that specific personnel grouping on punts to not really do anything different. They were setting it up and waiting for a team to line up a certain way. And on that particular game, they said, we're going to do it because they noticed it. But they, they hadn't normally done it, but every once in a while they'd run this particular group out. They didn't want to alert, like, oh, they didn't want the defense to go, hey, why is he out here? Like, mm-hmm. he had been coming out there a few times, but not every week, not every punt. And then so when you did it, it was kind of like, eh, it's okay. So those are the kinds of things I think you're talking about, right? But you might never get to that situation to actually use it. Sal Capaccio on the Western Hotline uh, with us here on WGR. So Sal, Mahomes in this game, he's the MVP, comes in with a, with a high ankle sprain from a few weeks ago, re-injures it right before halftime, last offensive play for the Chiefs before halftime, and they're going in the locker room down 10. And, man, Good for you if you would have predicted the two most impactful plays he'd make from there in would be with his feet. Unbelievable. And, you know, as Joe and I were talking about this morning on our show, and Joe said, I don't want to accuse him of not being hurt, but he looked as good as he could on those plays better than any. And I think that's right. I wouldn't say that either because I think once you're in that moment and you're fighting for a Super Bowl, it's probably you're not even thinking about the injury, you're just doing it. And he's gotten it out. So give him a lot of credit. And, you know, it's not uh, not my preferred outcome necessarily for Patrick Mahomes to be standing up there with his second MVP and Super Bowl trophy and seeing the Chiefs win again, but they deserved it. They earned it, and, you know, he deserves the accolades for gutting it out and doing all of that for sure. Um, I, I thought it was interesting going into the second half, like I said, how the Chiefs kind of came out and ran the ball very well. They are very creative, and I think a lot of that had to do maybe with the ankle. And if you remember going back to when he hurt his ankle in the playoffs – there were definitely analysts who said, look, this is not a horrible thing for the Chiefs. They're going to make sure now to get rid of the ball very quickly, and they have a whole bunch of receivers they can do that with and guys they can throw it to. So be careful what you wish for. Like, this might be the thing. Guess what? That's what they did yesterday. Yeah. They, they got rid of the ball. They didn't put him in a bad situation. And, you know, when he had to, you know, he gutted it out. He only threw for 182. I know three touchdowns. I think Jalen Hurts was the best player on the field yesterday, but mm-hmm. you know the way it goes. Thurman Thomas was the best player in Super Bowl 25, and he didn't get MVP because they didn't win. Hertz was really great. Kadarius Tony's interesting. So first-round pick of the Giants two years ago, gets traded to Kansas City, had lots of injury problems, even some sort of head case reputation stuff back at least when he was with the Giants. The Chiefs make that trade. A third and a fifth, was it, for Kadarius Tony? And, like, that's exciting. When he was on the field for the Giants, he was dynamite. This was very rare. And, okay, so what's this going to be? Because this is, like, in the middle of the season, and I'm over here, we're all – fixated on Odell Beckham and like let's let's get some wide receiver help if it's possible the Bills end up looking for that themselves with John Brown and Beasley 
anyway, as, as exciting of a player as Tony is and an idea that that trade was, five snaps yesterday, and yeah. he still six, sco- I'm showing you. six, okay, mm-hmm. and he still scored a touchdown and had that punt return. So he didn't end up playing a lot for Kansas City. He had more snaps in other games, but he wasn't like ever always out there. Mm-hmm. And he, he still made a mark. And that trade, you know, this is the whole thing with Kansas City, I guess, which is frustrating for us to think about is this is the they win it in a year where they traded Tyreek and had rookies yeah. on the field a lot because that's how it goes. This could be the Bills next year a little bit. I don't think they're trading digs, but just yep. looking like they're thinning out and still ending up, you know, doing better. It's maybe the most impressive thing about their Super Bowl victory is that it came in a year where you might have thought, eh, backing up, treading water maybe even, just, you know, this will be better in the long run by making this trade. And they turned out better than they did, you know, the last year they played with him on their team. Yeah, a couple things about that. And on top of it, Bulldog, in a division where everyone thought it would be so much harder, right? right? But it just didn't turn out that way. The Chargers, oh, the Raiders, look at Devontae Adams. And look at the Broncos getting Russell Wilson. Yeah, the Chiefs got, I'm one of them. Chiefs got to play those teams twice a year. That's going to help, you know, the Bills get the one seed. And, you know, I mean, the still Bills only still lost three games, obviously. The Chiefs only lost three games. But, you know, just in, in that year, everything just kind of broke their way. But give them credit. They did that. It's easier when you have a quarterback like Patrick Mahomes. It's easier when you have the other high-level weapons they have to fit those. Other, it's To me, it's very similar to the Patriots with Belichick and Brady in a couple of ways. You have, I don't know, you know we've seen Andy Reid with the Philadelphia Eagles. He's a very good coach. We know that. He doesn't win a Super Bowl until he gets Mahomes. I, I, I think Mahomes would be great no matter what he does, but it seems like it's the perfect pairing. It really does. And I think you guys know I would say, you know, it's Brady would still win Super Bowls. I don't think he'd win as many without Belichick. I think Belichick might. I'm not really sure. But certainly together, they're, they were the perfect pairing that the guys, they worked together the way that they kind of grew that thing together and knew each other that well. So I think that's part of it as well. Um, but I do think it's a lot easier. And the other part is, as the Patriots showed for many years, Brady just covers up a lot of warts. Yes, the Chiefs deserve a lot of credit for playing rookies. It's a lot easier to play rookies when you have Patrick Mahomes covering up when things don't go so well. Their defense allowed 25 points a game in the playoffs, and they still won the Super Bowl. Not bad. Well, you know, I'm always leaning on the betting markets to tell me, to give me, the I think, the best clue that's out there as to what's going to happen. And all Tyree Kill and rookies and whatever else, even an ankle injury, I suppose, to the quarterback, all year, that was obviously later, much later on, yeah. But all year they were right there with the Bills and the Eagles as as favorites, you know, and they had a great record. It can be easy, though, thinking about, like, the Bills today. It can be easy for anybody, players who maybe are more wired to not do this, fans, of course, to be like, oh, this is never going to happen, is it? It's so hard. I mean, Kansas City was so good, and the, the division fell apart making that easier for them. And the Bills still, they lost three games, won a fluky overtime loss to to Minnesota, you know, the, the Jet loss, and Miami, which was also, like, they had 300 yards more than the Dolphins or whatever it was. Like, even as few losses as they had, they were still kind of, you're still kind of like, numb. How did we lose that game? Until the playoffs, and it still wasn't enough. 
to even get the rematch with Kansas City. They couldn't even get a game with them after after all that. So um, it can be easy to go like, oh, just what do we have to do? But I don't think players do that um, as often. No, I know. Um, I think Isaiah McKenzie kind of was the one player maybe had that sentiment a bit, the way he talked after the season. I think it really comes down to a lot of times – this is where I'm I'm a big picture guy, right? And I, I think all those things you said are right, Mike. Like there's so many you look at the big picture, the Bills are still really good. They're very good. And in most situations, they've been in most games they've been really well coached. There have been a few games that hasn't been the case. Cincinnati was one of them. They did not play well, they did not coach well. And it doesn't matter how great you do, if you get to that final game and and or an important game, you can lose. I mean, the other team gets paid too, and the, you're never, you're not going to always have your best stuff. The New England Patriots went, you know, seven, sixteen, and zero, and won a couple of playoff games, and then lost in the Super Bowl because they didn't play their best game, and they played a team that was well prepared and played a really good game that day. Those are the things that happen. So I agree with you. It's easy to do that. I think that's where you also get the overreaction sometimes. To me, I like to take, I like to at least keep in perspective the big picture all those things you just said to me the bills are still in a very good spot and the betting markets do reflect it i saw today i think you guys have been talking about this but today the one i saw had the bills as the number three tied maybe tied for the third yep. you know super bowl odds next year they're still a very good team i think they still have a, a very good coach it doesn't mean that they're perfect it doesn't mean that it's guaranteed anything it doesn't mean they can't make changes to get even better but it does mean that you still have to work really hard and you could have a off game or off day and your season's over I think I saw tied for second, like at plus 600. Okay. The Chiefs are the only team with better odds. And I'm not sure. I go. think they're tied with the Eagles maybe, but I'm not positive. That I, might have been uh, the one I saw. I think You're the right. Chiefs should trade Kelsey now. Just double down. We'll trade a Tyreek Hill. <laughs> go get, go to get, get a right. draft pick or two and try <laughs> run it back. Excuse me. I'm, I didn't mean to cough in everyone's ears there. Um, <laughs> Sal, we're, we're almost done, and we, we, we saved till the end the, the – the part of the game that everyone seems to be talking about the most today, and that's the penalty call at the end. Like, what, what did you, what did you think? Like, I, I'm, I know it's a slippery slope. Um, I think I want that flag thrown if it's a foul. Um, but I, I, I recognize that you know it's far from a perfect system. But how, what did you think of how that game almost ended? I'm also a fan of if it's a foul thrown, if it's a, if it's a penalty call, it like you can't, you can't let circumstance and situation change how you call a game if you're an official in any sport I just don't think that's the case I I think to me the bigger issue is I don't know if that was really that much of a thought like those are two guys playing football he did tug he said he tugged on it so that's fine I'll live with it and say that's fine like I can understand Mm -hmm. and I would err more on even even the, the player saying that but we've all seen almost every game far more egregious holds that are not called so I don't think it's the situation that should have kept the flag in his pocket. I just think it's the action that should have. And like, ah, is that really a penalty? I'm not sure. He didn't. How much did he really impede him? Mm-hmm. Right. Like, that's what I have more of an issue with. We'll talk about this coming back, but it's it's sort of the opposite of what we're usually complaining about. Like, mm-hmm. what if yes, Bradbury just tackles Juju, but it's late in the fourth quarter, let him play, and the pass gets picked off. And there's no penalty, and Philadelphia goes down and kicks a field goal and wins. Like, well, that's what that's more right. more often happens, you know. Like, there's a there's yeah. a foul late in the game, but we don't want to decide the quote decide the game. Uh, and this is really the opposite of that. Well, I, I did, I did, I did. Um, yeah, you're right. And I did bring up earlier, kind of the same thing. Like, if you don't call it, 
if you're a Chiefs fan, you're like, wait a minute, that's a hold. Like, they, they deserve to have the call called. If it's called against your receiver, like put yourself in their shoes. Did you guys see uh, Lance Lysowski of the Buffalo News asked Kyle Oposo, this was just on his Twitter, yeah. like within the half hour, about if that the same thing happened in game seven of the Stanley Cup playoffs with like a minute left. And Oposo said, basically said, I don't think any player would want that called. Right. And I, I want to expound on that when we come back. Like, I'm thinking about yeah. baseball, which forever. Umpires didn't call the strike zone, but it was okay because if, if they were consistent, like it's yeah, that's three inches off the plate. But if he's going to call it a strike all day, like every baseball player would tell you, fine, that, that's right. that's that's good enough. Just but let me know what I'm working with. Yeah. It's not close to an actual strike, but if he's going to call it a strike, as long as I know that and he stays there, then we're okay. And how technology has really changed how we think about that. We need, I mean, we need robot umps, Sal, because we can't have three inches off the plate. We can't have half an inch off the plate be called a strike anymore it, because it's wrong. And while I, I am that way, but there are there are problems with it. Anyway. Well, they're coming. The robot, the oh, robot yeah. umps are coming. We they, know that. They are. And the the runner on second in the 10th inning is here to yes. stay, we found out today. Yes, the, robots in, the robots in general are coming, I think. Yes. <laughs> yes. Coming for us. Thank you, Sal. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Celebrate and save at Ashley's Anniversary Sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. We all agree that reducing carbon emissions is a good thing. And once again, Toyota is leading the way. We hear a lot about fully electric vehicles, and Toyota has them with more on the way. But we also know a BEV is not for everyone, whether it's because of cost, range, or concern about finding a charging station when you need it. Plus, the raw materials used to manufacture batteries are limited. Enter Beyond Zero, Toyota's vision for a carbon-neutral future. In vehicles and in manufacturing plants, too, in the years ahead. The materials used to make just one long-range battery for an EV could be used to make batteries for six plug-in hybrids or 90 gas-electric hybrids. That's why Toyota's position today is electrified diversified, empowering you to choose how to reduce your own carbon footprint with the vehicle that's right for you. A hybrid, plug-in hybrid, or battery EV. So shop, learn more, and get details at toyota.com slash beyondzero. Toyota, let's go places.